Hey guys, my name is John, and you're listening to TCK Tales. As our season is winding down to a close, I know I can't believe it, it is three episodes and then we are done with this season and I take a month off. I am going to kind of take things on a more positive end as we move forward. So today we have a friend of mine. Her name is Grace Choi. She is a MK from South Korea and she grew up in Sierra Leone and then she lived back to Korea where she lived before she come, came to Chicago. And so she's going to talk about motives in ministry and the way that God can use an unrepentant heart to do good. And one reason I want to kind of bring her in is because I want to introduce this whole new world of missionaries and missionary kids that I didn't realize or didn't know about until I moved here to Chicago. And that is Korean missionary kids. Korea is, South Korea specifically, has one of the largest Christian populations in the world. And they are one of the largest countries that sends out missionaries. So there is a ton of Korean and South Korean MKs. Due to the cultural differences between South Korea and America, they have a very different and very unique MK and TCK experience. And I would love to like show you guys some of that. So be on the lookout for a lot of my friends who are from Korea and who grew up overseas to share some of their stories. Until then, here is Grace. I'm here to just share about how God has used me despite all my faults and weaknesses. But today, yeah, I wanted to start with telling a little bit about myself. I'm an MK from Sierra Leone, West Africa. Um, I'm originally Korean, parents are Korean. They were Korean missionaries there for like 11, 12 years. And yeah, I moved there when I was three years old. So living in Sierra Leone was pretty much like my childhood. And I lived there as a missionary kid not really having any complaints about it. I really liked it there. Although like there was like no electricity, there was like water problems. There was maybe like a lot of sickness, a lot of hard ministry stuff for my parents. Um, I never really thought that we were missing anything. So my story takes place in Sierra Leone when I was still there. And I saw my parents and how they do their ministry there. And um, it really inspired me. And I was like, when I grow up, I want to be a missionary just like you. And I'll tell my dad that all the time. And my parents would be like, hey, Grace, if you want to be a missionary, you've got to pray. And you've got to pray and ask God to really use you. And so that was always been my prayer. God, please use me. Please use me. And when I was in Sierra Leone, even though I was really young, I always felt like God was really using our family, like including me. And I really liked that. And I was very content about that and it was like all I wanted and something about Sierra Leone is that the people are very very friendly and they're very very joyous they don't have a lot but they're people who are always content and one thing I always loved about them is when we had church or we would go on outreach people will always gather people were happy to be with us and to worship God and they would wear their best like outfit to worship and worship like didn't have a time limit <laughs> we could go all morning all night <laughs> and um, testimonies will just go here and there and worship will involve dancing singing and and like so much prayer that's like it goes all day long and I, I really liked that so I always followed my dad to the province areas um, meet different people different churches where he was helping out and 
And I was so sure that this is what I wanted to do. But what I didn't know was that I was just a kid. So I didn't have to deal with any of the realities that came with mission work. My parents had to do all of that. There were a lot of people in the church that gave my parents a hard time, which they will never tell me about. There were also times when they were um, having a hard time financially, but they would never tell me that because I'm a child. And so I was very, very sheltered. I only played when I want to, and I only helped out with the ministry when I wanted to. And, and I was still saying, hey, this is what I want to do. <laughs> And one thing I didn't know was that when my parents said, hey, Grace, we're going to go back to furlough to South Korea, I, I, was really, I was really surprised, but I wasn't like, oh, okay, I will go. And it's like, you'll meet your grandparents, you'll meet your relatives there who you haven't seen ever since you were a baby. And, and he, they were right. I've never really like, remembered their faces or their names. And so yeah, I was like, yeah, I can go furlough, sure. I went with my parents back to South Korea, and I was thinking that we were gonna be there for furlough, but it wasn't gonna be that long. But my parents said, oh, Grace, actually, we might stay here a year. And I was like really shocked because I didn't bring like all my stuff. And I was like, oh, it's okay, we'll go back in a year. So I brought my stuff, um, I stayed, we stayed with our grandparents. And I didn't know why, but something like very uneasy came to me and it was that something about that I wouldn't go back to Africa and I started getting that feeling so I went to my parents and I was like I have a feeling you guys are not telling me something they said actually Grace um we prayed that this would be a furlough but we also prayed if this was part of God's like calling for us to evangelize our relatives so that we can bring grandpa and grandma back to Christ that we can bring our uncles and aunts back to Christ and and I didn't know what to say. They said, so this is where all your relatives live. Um, and so we wanna do a self-reliant church here. And we really need your support in this. And I didn't know what to say because I really wanted to go back to Africa. I really wanted to go back to Sierra Leone. I was like, I'm not ready. I haven't said goodbye to my friends. I haven't said, like I was in the middle of like taking classes in my school and I wasn't sure if this is what I wanted. But because my parents um, asked me to, to go with them, I mean, to stay with them, I decided, you know, like, it is my parents' home here. It is my parents' parents, and it is my grandparents. So I can stay here about a year or two. That was, like, what I had in mind. But every year, it was a struggle for me. Um, not because, like, I couldn't speak Korean or, like, I couldn't handle, like, I could speak Korean, and I did know Korean culture. It was just hard to live that every day and have all these people who know me watch me at the church. And it's just so different with in the mission field where I felt was more more free and more um, there's more worship time, there was more friends. And here I felt like I was by myself, even though I had my twin sister, we were both, we felt very alone. And it was all grownups or little babies who've been abandoned by their parents and left behind to their grandparents. and. I was too young to have compassion on those kids. So my, when my dad gave me the Sunday school to take care of with another pastor, I did, you know, thought those kids were cute, but like I was just not mature enough to see the needs that these kids had. And I don't think I was prepared to be a good teacher for them. And so my sister and I would prepare these worship songs for them. We would we'd always like play with them, but I never really prayed for them or was was joyful that we were 
giving the gospel to them. I was never really thankful to God that he was bringing my relatives slowly to the church. So my relatives, none of them went to church in that area. There was no church in that area. And so when my parents started that church, it was just me, my sister, my mom, and my grandparents. And just even bringing my grandparents was really hard because they would work on Sundays. And a lot of people, like our relatives, would work on Sundays in their farms, in their workplaces, in their shops. And my dad always brought them one by one. And I saw this church grow. And from like four or five people, it became like 40 people before I even knew it. And they were all people that's related to me. They're all people who people used to say, oh, they will never come to, they'll never go to church. But they were. And just by that, it should have been, it should have struck me that, wow, God's doing God's work here. But I was so selfish. I was only thinking about Sierra Leone in my heart. I was only thinking about why, like, when are we going back was like my focus. So I don't think I ever thank God enough for bringing all my relatives back to Christ through my parents. But my parents definitely saw God working and so they stayed. And for that, when they told me that they were going to stay, stay, like not just a year or two, I really struggled because I was really homesick. But when I told my mom, mom, like, why can't we go back? Because it's not like we weren't doing God's work there. We had churches, we had people who would come worship, hear people, they're, they're like always working. And, and it's like us trying to like drag them to church. Like here, I'm not even sure if like our grandparents are happy that they're believing. I'm not even sure if this is what the people here want to do. They don't even seem to want to worship. They don't even seem to want to come to church, but I feel like we're just dragging them. And my mom said, then why do you want to go back to Sierra Leone? And I said, they really worship joyfully. They really like being here and my mom said well being a missionary doesn't mean that we're there because they need us or that we want to be there but it's that when God uses us he put us there so that he could bring the people to us we're doing work there not because they need us but that we go there and we serve until that the church is able to regulate by themselves so she said dad's gonna go back and he's gonna He's going to appoint the leaders there. They're going to be able to run the church by themselves. They're going to be able to run all the schools by themselves without your dad. It's not your dad that they need. They needed Jesus. They needed God. You know, it's not us. So my dad went back and that's what he was doing. And I felt like we were just leaving everything behind. All that work that they did, all that time that we've given them, I felt like we were putting it all down. TCK Tales is brought to you in partnership with the Moody Bible Institute chapter of Mukapa is an organization that seeks to bridge the gap between third culture kids and non-third culture kids to and to help facilitate a better transition for missionary kids who have come back from overseas for college. If you'd like to know more information about Moody's chapter of Mukapa, email them at mbimukapa at gmail.com or check out their Facebook group, mbimukapa at facebook.com. It is a really great group with really great conversation, a lot of really great people. If you would also like to financially support me and this podcast, I would very much appreciate it. It is You just follow the link in the show notes to subscribe on Anchor, and it would really benefit me a lot. I would love to do more of this, but there's only so much I can do with being a college student and 
working as well and, you know, trying to make money. So, yeah, if you'd love to do that, thank you to those who have already listened and subscribed and please continue to do more. Being in Korea was, um, yeah, really rough. Just even getting to know my grandparents and how much family feud was there, how much differences we have, cultural differences we have. And um, living with them was really rough too because they were very strict. I always had to be good at studying. I always had to be good at um, working. I always had to be good at everything that they just asked me to do. And I helped out with their farm. I helped out with everything, but they just didn't seem to open up. So coming to church was just all they did. And I didn't see them change. I didn't see them accept Christ. And that was the most discouraging thing for me because that was the one reason I would stay in Korea. But when I was in uh, senior in high school and I started applying for college, I applied to Moody and a bunch of other schools. And I was reading like the essays that I wrote for Moody and I realized how much it made sense that I still wanted to do missions. And I was, I was wondering, but I haven't been doing missions right now. I haven't been in the mission field like I used to. How come I still want to do this? But God made me see, he's like, all the work that he's been doing in our church. And when I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna go to Moody and I'm gonna be a missionary. So God, I'm gonna pray that you would use me. Um, I realized that he showed me how, what attitude I've been serving the church with. So in the outward, yes, I was the, pastor's daughter perfectly helping out with every event that was there perfectly helping out with everything loving my grandparents my old relatives and is a good teacher to the Sunday school kids but actually in reality I didn't know those kids I didn't know their needs um I didn't I was not happy I was not joyous in serving them I didn't realize how much he's blessed that town with our church with my parents working there and how he's been blessing me to just experiencing them one by one come to God and same thing with my grandparents um and so when I when I applied to Moody he tried to teach me a lesson I think and so he made my application get lost in the middle and so they they lost my application but my sister got accepted and so I was I was in a shock because that meant that my sister would go to college but I would have to stay one more year and help out with my parents church and I didn't know why my application disappeared because we sent it with my sisters. And I thought it was so unfair, but I, I was most scared about repeating all that process with the church, serving at the church, adjusting, but thinking that that's forever. I mean, not forever, but I mean longer than I've actually stayed. I was really scared and I was really mad. And, and so I prayed to God I said, I thought this is what you wanted me to do. I thought you've always placed in my heart that grace, yeah, you want to be a missionary, yeah, you can be a missionary. But but when I actually do try to go back to Africa, or I actually do try to study to go back to Africa, you just keep blocking my way and I don't know if this is what you want me to do anymore. And I was as I was ranting to God like like for a long time and myself praying in the room, um, he suddenly just spoke spoke to me and he was showing me what my heart was when I was serving my grandparents, the kids and the, and the people there that I wasn't doing with a heart that was for him or doing with a heart that was tr truly joyous, that one soul was coming back to Christ. And so I was like, you're right. I, if I was more mature, 
I've been able to see that these kids needed someone to love them, needed someone to be like their parent figure. And I felt like I was too young to be their parent figure, but he was showing me how, oh, I placed you there on purpose for those kids. And it's like, and I've placed you with your parents on purpose so you could help them bring your grandparents to church. And he was showing me all these times my parents forced me to bring my grandparents to church and how I hated it, but how, how because of that, um, my pa- grandparents did end up physically coming to church. And so I, yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I just told God, oh, I, I thought, I, I thought I was doing it. I thought I was doing my work. And he was like, yeah, but you weren't giving your heart to it. You can't just partially give me your heart, partially kind of put it there. You have to give it to me wholeheartedly. And, and so he was like, do you trust me what I'm doing with the church? Do you trust me what I'm doing with your life right now? And I had to say yes, but I like so much pride and so much disappointment with like how my plans about perfectly going back and doing the ministry there was my like definition of a missionary. Yeah, because of all that, saying yes was really hard. So I, I was like, God, I don't, I don't know if this is what you want from me. And he said, but do you still want to be a missionary? Um, and he said, and I said, yes. And he said, then go serve my people like you're serving my people so go serve them but this time I want you to do it right I want you to truly love your grandparents I want you to truly love the kids and the people there that I've placed in the church and when I finally said fine like it was not even like a full genuine fine but I was like fine I don't have to go to Moody I don't have to do whatever I had in plans if if you want me to serve here one more and it's gonna be super hard and super like really by myself since my sister's gone if that's what you want i'll do it if that makes me happy fine i'll do it but it was not like a full fine it was like since you showed me how like i haven't been doing whole hard i'll prove to you that i can you know what i'll do it fine the moment i said fine there was like the silence and that was like the end of the conversation so i thought okay maybe it's like maybe it's like he's gonna slowly show me and i'm gonna stay and i'm gonna serve my with my parents here but my grandparents, they're still not Christians. My relatives, maybe they're Christians. Like, I don't know. And I really thought I was going to be there for one more year or two more years or three more years. And I just went back to my bed. And one thing I didn't know was in one day, everything changed because Moody found my application. And they said, you're coming. And I didn't know what to respond because they said, oh, we, we thought you and your sister were one person. So we like combined your your <laughs> your application. And so if you want, you can still come to Chicago. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I was like, but I thought God, you I thought you wanted me to stay. And God's like, um, no, I wanted you to admit to me, <laughs> admit to me that your time in mood, um, your time in, sorry, in your time in Korea wasn't wasted. And so I was like, oh, okay, okay, I'll go. And then my grandparents who heard that I was actually gonna leave, it was surprising for them too, because they thought I was staying. I thought I was staying. But now that I'm leaving, they told me, they told my parents, we want grace and mercy to stay at our house before they go to America. And I actually didn't like that because I wanted to stay with my parents and spend as much as time as I could before coming. But my parents sent me to my grandparents' place and I stayed the few nights there and God, let me see my grandparents change that weekend. And they they told me, they said, Grace, we, we have something to tell you. And they said, thank you for coming to our house every day. 
Thank you for staying in Korea. And they said, we know how much you wanted to go back. But thank you for staying with us, even though we're not like your best friend or even though we don't even like we don't even treat you guys very well. And our culture is different and like we fail to understand you at so many points. But thank you for just coming every day and just being my granddaughter. And I didn't know what to say because because I did I did hate them at some point. I had a hard time with being in Korea. I I didn't like. I even thought about leaving and this is all they felt. They've said just thank you for being here even though we know you love Sierra Leone and you wanted to go back. And they said I'm sorry we gave your parents a hard time. I'm sorry for all the family fights that's been on, but thank you for staying and they said because of you guys we started coming to church and we've been praying for you every day. I've never prayed to God, so I don't know if he actually listens, but I've been praying to God every day that he truly takes you to where you want to be and let you do the things that you want and to that you and your parents would be really happy. And so I was really confused because I didn't think my parents were Christians, even though they were coming to church. And they said, yeah, we actually just came physically to just, you know, just because you guys were forcing us to come. <laughs> but they said... But because of how they saw me serve my parents and how I was obedient to my parents, they said it really moved them. And they were wondering what makes them stay? What makes them choose to be here when people are being so rough to them, when we're being rough to them? Why are they staying? Why are they willing to serve and start this church when it's, you know, started with my grandparents and us? So like started with nobody. Why are they here? And because of that, they were like, let's see what this is about. And they kept coming to church. And when they learned about God, they... We're really surprised that that this is what my dad was doing. They learned more about what my dad's been doing in Africa, and they really forgive forgave my dad. They um, my dad forgave them. And that night, when like before I came to Moody, they told me, Grace, we were I was able to pray because of you guys. And I was able to meet God because of you guys. So I don't know if your whole time here has been <laughs> smooth, but. Thank you for coming back and letting me meet God. And they said, I can believe and I can pray. And I'm going to continue praying for you. And don't think that I don't love you anymore. That's why I'm sending you to Rudy. It's, like, it's because I love you so much that I'm able to let you go now. And so they said, you'll become a, you'll become a great missionary. And, and I just felt like I had to repent to God say I'm sorry that that you've been using me but that but that I wasn't able to see that and I, and I had to say thank you God for saving my grandparents I'm sorry that I wasn't focused in that when I was in Korea and I said I've been always praying Lord use me use me and when you were actually using me I was not I was not thankful about that and he said, that's okay. And I was like, and I'm sorry that I've been always complaining. I've been always homesick. And he said, that's okay. He said, I still used you. And so, yeah. So I, yeah. And so that's how I packed up. And like the next day I flew to Chicago. And then like the airplane was like the whole time, like a good alone time with God before entering to my new home. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, don't worry, I'll use you. I'm not going to dismiss you when you make mistakes you're still growing and you still 
you still want to do ministry, right? And I was like, yeah, I do. I do. And he's like, you just did ministry in Korea. And you did ministry too when you were a kid. He's like, and if you want and you're willing, you're going to do ministry too. So just wait. Just be excited. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about your heart today because people people are going to be rough on you again. But he told me the easiest way with ministry is grace. You've got to love the people. You love your grandparents. If you love them, if you love them, ministry is going to be easy. Ministering to them will be easy. If you're serving them, it will be easy. And I came here thinking, okay, well, I'm going to study four years and I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to be a missionary. Got you, God. I'm like, I got, understand what you're saying. But actually, I'm a student here, but he let me find the church where I'm serving. And I serve these kids there. And it reminded me of the kids back home who I served without the heart of like serving children's ministry without actually having passion for it. It's different now because he's let me know them individually and how he's been working with them one by one. Their gifts, their weaknesses, their joy, um, their craziness. And I'm still not very qualified to be their teacher, but he has let me become their Sunday school teacher to read the word with them, to worship with them. And I learned, I've learned so much about ministry, not when I'm in the mission field, but when I'm here um, studying, but also at that church, just serving that small community where I need to start and put the basics of loving these people, loving these kids. And so, yeah, that's, that's my story. <laughs> My favorite thing about Grace's story is the way that she talks about this ideology that I've kind of seen in my own life, where God can sometimes push you until you are willing to do a thing you don't want to do and then give you the thing you actually want to do. So she talks about how she hated being in Korea and she really didn't like doing the work that she was doing and then she didn't get into Moody and she was very confused and then eventually like God took that as the opportunity to kind of break her down to convict her of a lot of her heart issues. And from there, she was able to be like, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm willing to be here. I'm okay with that. And then as soon as she acknowledges that, God is like, actually, you know what? You're good. Go go to Moody. You're fine. I just wanted to make sure you were willing to go wherever I wanted you before I gave you your heart's desire. And that, that has happened in my life. I remember before going off to school, I was very much like, I need to be out of the country I need to leave right after graduation and there was a long hard process the summer before I graduated where I didn't leave the country and I didn't do anything and God had to like prep me to be like you know people in the US they matter I care about them and if I don't ever send you overseas like that'll be okay and I had to be okay with that before I then moved forward in my life and in my ministry and God has since used that and built upon that and now I don't know if I'll go overseas, but I know that I will go where God wants me to go and I will be doing what God wants me to do, which is very exciting. I also loved the way that Grace kind of brought it back in how she talked about her plans and her thoughts towards towards the kids that she works with here, the, here in Chicago and how similar they are in story and in reality to those that she worked with in Korea and how different her heart is dealing with those two groups of people. Yet God still did fantastic work through her to minister to her grandparents and her family members in Korea, even though her heart wasn't in it. And that lesson of your heart needs to be in it and you need to have passion, but sometimes God can still work even when you're grumpy, even when you're frustrated, even when you don't want to be there. God can still work and he can still do amazing and fantastic things. 
guys have enjoyed this episode of tck tales please subscribe and please give a review on wherever you're listening to that'll really just help boost our metrics and get us in front of other people more importantly than giving us a review though is telling people about us word of mouth is the absolute best way to get this podcast moving and get this podcast into other ears so if you've really benefited from this or you feel like you know people who would really benefit from this please tell them please send it please share it I can only do so much because I only know a limited amount of people, but you guys can do incredibly more than I can. If you are interested in sharing your own stories, please let me know. Email tcktales at gmail.com. Just record the audio on your voice memo app or wherever it is that you can record audio on your phone. Just use use headphones with a mic on them and then send it to me. Email it to me. If you have a story you want to share, but you're not sure how to share it or what to do, go about that shoot me a message on facebook or send me an email and i will definitely help you and coach you in what you what i want and what i need and what would be the best for us but the biggest thing i can tell you is just tell a story that you feel needs to be told tell the story from your life that you feel needs to be told and needs to be important that's what all of my guests have done they've just told what they felt like needed to be told what was relevant to them in their life i am right now trying to collect audio for season three and season four and beyond so i would love to tell your story Give us a like on Facebook and post on the wall. Talk to me. Talk to us. If you have ideas for how to make the podcast better, I would love to hear them. Maybe I need a co-host. I would be more than willing to do that as well. If you have any ideas at all, please let me know. I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode and for those who have listened since the inception. Uh, thank you so much. This has been a really fun process and I'm excited to continue to do it as the years go on. Thank you to Benson Buddies for our amazing music and to XN Radio for letting us use their studio and for letting us be a part of their network. For more XN Radio podcast network shows, please check out their website, xnradio.cc and be on the lookout for new shows coming out in January. There's a lot of really cool shows happening and a lot of really cool people who you may or may not hear or have heard on this podcast. So check them out. They are fantastic. And with that, I will let you guys go. Thank you again, and I'll see you guys next week for another TCK Tale.